Welcome back to the 2AM Book Review Club, where we stay up late talking about books or talk about books that made us stay up late. It's February, the month of all things romance related, and to celebrate, I will be hosting a romance novel extravaganza all month long. And I will be kicking things off today with The Very Secret Society of Irregular Witches by Sangu Mandana. As the title suggests, this is a cozy book about magic, mischief, friendship, and family. And I picked it up because it is a crossover between two of my favorite genres, cozy fantasy and romance. Also, the cover is adorable. It is so adorable, and I would highly suggest looking it up if you haven't read the book. Here's the blurb. As one of the few witches in Britain, Mika Moon knows she has to hide her magic, keep her head down, and stay away from other witches so their powers don't mingle and draw attention. And as an orphan who lost her parents at a young age and was raised by strangers, she's used to being alone and she follows the rules, with one exception, an online account where she posts videos pretending to be a witch. She thinks no one will take her seriously. But someone does. An unexpected message arrives begging her to travel to the remote and mysterious nowhere house to teach three young witches how to control their magic. It breaks all of the rules, but Mika goes anyway and is immediately tangled up in the lives and secrets of not only her three charges, but also an absent archaeologist, a retired actor, two long-suffering caretakers, and... Jamie, the handsome and prickly librarian of Nowhere House, would do anything to protect the children. And as far as he's concerned, a stranger like Mika is a threat. An irritatingly appealing threat. As Mika begins to find her place at Nowhere House, the thought of belonging somewhere begins to feel like a real possibility. But magic isn't the only danger in the world. And when peril comes knocking at their door, Mika will need to decide whether to risk everything to protect a found family she didn't know she was looking for. Like I said, this is a witchy, cozy fantasy romance slash found family story. Very much the kind of thing you pick up when you're not in the headspace to deal with anything dark or depressing or overwhelming. When you're looking for the book version of a warm blanket around your shoulders. As the author says in the acknowledgments, when I started writing this book, we were eight months into the pandemic, and all I wanted to work on was a warm, cozy, romantic story about magic and family. A story that was, above all things, about love and human connection. 
And while the very secret society of irregular witches is all of those things, it's also not purely a fluffy, cozy, lighthearted story. When Mika arrives at Nowhere House, which, as promised, is indeed very cozy, she finds an assorted cast of quirky characters. There's Ken, the groundskeeper, and his suitably dramatic retired actor husband, Ian, a housekeeper named Lucy, and of course, our grumpy librarian slash love interest, Jamie, all of whom are taking care of three young witches in the absence of their guardian, Lillian, a chronically absent archaeologist. But despite the wholesome dynamics of this found family and the hilarious shenanigans that occur throughout the book, all of the adult characters are revealed to have traumatic backstories, ranging from systemic prejudice to domestic abuse and or violence, which they've managed to overcome by finding refuge at the Nowhere House with each other. This is a story that is clearly taking place in a world that recognizably mirrors our own, but while it acknowledges the dark side of humanity and society, the narrative chooses instead to focus on, as the author says, love and human connection. In this story about witches and magic and magical mischief, the real magic is the transformative power of family. This is reflected in the themes of this book, which do center around family, obviously, but also around society and in particular about how the witch society tries to secretly exist within broader British society. Because Mika has grown up having to hide such an essential part of who she is, and because in order to maintain that secrecy, she essentially grew up in isolation, that's deeply affected Mika's sense of self as an adult and how she currently chooses to live her life. She's chronically lonely, she can't live in one place for longer than six months, and she refuses to get close to people because she's deeply afraid of getting hurt. She moves from city to city and apartment to apartment, unable to ever truly let her guard down. As Mika gradually becomes part of Nowhere House, she discovers that maybe developing relationships with other people and other witches isn't such a bad thing. As Jamie tells her, maybe she needs to take a leap of faith and learn to let herself love and be loved in return. But remember, Mika is still living within a subculture that tells her that secrecy is paramount to the continued existence of witches, even when it causes so much pain. There are some expected themes that develop from this conflict, such as the difficulty of affecting lasting societal change, the importance of accepting and valuing each other's differences, and so on and so forth. 
But as these are definitely themes that I have read before in other books, I was actually much more drawn towards the more subtle ideas that the author talked about, such as the crucial difference between niceness and kindness. Here's how Mika differentiates the two ideas. I don't pretend to know much about people, she offered, fixing her eyes on the road ahead. But one thing I've noticed over the years is that some people are nice and some people are kind. Niceness is good manners and stopping to give someone directions and smiling at the overworked cashier at the supermarket. These are all good things, but they have nothing to do with what's underneath. Niceness is all about what we do when other people are looking. Kindness, on the other hand, runs deep. Kindness is what happens when no one's looking. And if you're wondering what this idea has to do with society or witches or how society treats witches, the point is that niceness versus kindness is essential to how witches and, by extension, other marginalized groups are and will in the future be treated by society. A kind-hearted person will accept witches, whereas a merely nice person will never truly accept witches because their acceptance is only ever surface level. And to drive home this point, the real antagonist in this book isn't so much the bumbling man the characters spend the entire book worrying about, but rather it's society's unwillingness to accept people who are different. Tying it back to the niceness versus kindness theme, the real antagonist is never knowing when niceness is actually masking deep unkindness. Here's Mika reflecting on this idea. Mika was more shaken than she wanted to admit. It wasn't Edward specifically, but rather the notion that she had no idea how many others like him were out there in the world. She had no doubt that most of the people who had met Edward thought him a perfectly nice man. Lillian had. He had never let her see the ugly, cruel parts of him. Danger rarely wore a monstrous face and wielded a pitchfork. No, danger came most often in the form of people like Edward, the nice people whose niceness only went so deep, who saved their niceness for people exactly like them, who believed they were more deserving of power and respect than anyone who was a little bit different. And she would never know how many other nice, ordinary people out there were as ugly as Edward underneath. And yet, even as this thought flashed through her mind, another followed it. Edward was outnumbered. There were people right here with her who were not necessarily nice, but they were all, without exception, kind, which was far more important. They had raised three unusual children with more love than Mika had seen in her entire lifetime. They loved them wholly, without exception, because of everything they were, not in spite of some things. It didn't matter to them one bit that Mika and the girls were different. Was it not possible, then, that out there all the Edwards of the world were also outnumbered by all the Jamies, Ians, Kens, and Lucys? 
By the way, if the beginning of this passage gives you Beauty and the Beast vibes, what with all of the talk about danger, not wearing a monstrous face, then I got those vibes as well, which definitely fits into the fairy tale slash magical vibe of this book. But even though this niceness versus kindness idea was the most interesting theme to me personally, I also think the other major themes were handled well. For example, Jamie, Mika's love interest, has a very touching character arc about overcoming childhood trauma, including this memorable line. Some kinds of trauma can't be revisited, and some need to be, which I found absolutely heartbreaking. Mika herself has some very poignant things to say about the struggle to mold yourself into what you think society needs you to be and also about loneliness. Regarding loneliness, Mika says, people are usually like the sea, a constant, unerasable part of something bigger. But I'm more like a single wave that washes over the shore, ebbs away, and doesn't leave a trace behind. Anyone who's dealt with loneliness has probably experienced similar feelings. That fear that you ultimately don't matter, that you're not truly important to anyone. And if that's something you're struggling with right now, then this book will definitely leave you a little teary-eyed, but also, I hope it'll be helpful to you. The Very Secret Society of Irregular Witches is a book that does a really good job of driving home its themes via its characters. Themes that are memorable and important, but which are handled in a way that definitely still fits into the light-hearted, cozy vibe that the book is going for, which is a really impressive feat. Most books marketed as cozy end up feeling kind of shallow to me personally because the author doesn't want to risk introducing themes that are darker or heavier. And while I completely understand why, I personally prefer my cozy reads to have at least a bit of an edge to balance out all of the quirky silliness and this book definitely fulfilled that for me. However, at the same time, because each character is so clearly constructed to explore the various themes that the book wants to talk about, the characters do end up feeling like vehicles to carry the themes rather than being fully fleshed out people in their own right. When I got to the end of the book, I was left feeling very emotional but those emotions were primarily related to the compelling way that these themes were explained and explored, as well as the atmosphere of the magical Britain that the author has created, rather than the characters themselves and their emotional journeys. The characters, unfortunately, don't feel all that memorable, mostly because their personalities are comprised of a few distinguishing characteristics. For example, for our three child characters, Rosetta is shy and sweet, Terracotta is strong-willed but sweet, and Altamira is funny because she's a child who knows swear words. Isn't that... 
an absolutely hilarious idea that you have never ever seen before. The adult characters of Nowhere House are equally easy to describe. Ken is nice and kind, to echo the book's central theme. Ian is a busybody drama queen. Lucy, the housekeeper, bustles around doing housekeeper things in the background. And Jamie is prickly, sure, but obviously has a heart of gold. Mika herself, our protagonist, should be the most fully developed character, but there's not much to say about her other than that she is a nice, cheerful, kind person, despite her difficult upbringing and lonely adulthood. Here's an excerpt where Jamie is talking about Mika. She was so aggravatingly, relentlessly sunshiny, and like the actual sun, she seemed determined to nurture every green or living thing in sight. It was absurd. In fact, just yesterday, he'd gone outside to speak to Ken and had found her kneeling on the front path, spoon-feeding a bee. A bee? It wasn't that he didn't want to save the bees. Of course he did. Yet, for some reason, Mika, naming her pets after folkloric witches, Mika spoon-feeding a bee, Mika's eyes dancing with mischief, made him want to move to a flat with glass walls and a city skyline view and exactly zero woodland sprites. Zero. And while spoon-feeding bees certainly signals kindness in a very save-the-cat Disney princess-esque way, this excerpt hopefully helps illustrate the essential something that is lacking in giving these characters true depth. I'm certainly going to remember this book and remember that I had a lot of fun reading it and remember that it had interesting things to say, but I'm not going to remember all that much about these characters as individuals. And unfortunately, that's kind of a problem for, say it with me, the romance. That's right, you knew I was going to get to this, especially since this month's miniseries is all about romance. As we've already established, the romance in this book happens between our lonely, kind-hearted witch Mika and our closed-off, grouchy librarian Jamie. It's described as a grumpy sunshine romance, and it's possibly the most stereotypically grumpy sunshine romance I've read in a while. If you've ever read a grumpy sunshine romance, if it's one of your go-to romance tropes, you already know the exact dynamic that's going on between these characters. It's certainly sweet to watch them open up to each other, what with their sad backstories and all, but I can completely understand why the romance is at best a subplot because there's just not enough there for it to be interesting as the main focus of the book. I like Mika, and I like Jamie, and I like their romance, but that's about all there is to say about it. The Very Secret Society of Irregular Witches is a book about likable characters forming wholesome relationships 
but both the characters and their dynamics with each other are very much overshadowed by the far more interesting themes and world building. It's a perfect cozy read for people who want the real world to be acknowledged, but who also want the fantasy of being able to carve out an isolated, perfect, untouchable safe space populated with kind-hearted, quirky, perfectly compatible companions who are there to provide wholesome interactions and emotional support. I would recommend this book to people who like witchy fantasy books, who want a low-stakes atmospheric story, and who enjoy found family stories with a sprinkling of romance. I really like this book. It was almost exactly what I thought it was going to be, and sometimes all I want is a safe, sweet, cozy book, which is what this book is. And now let's do a quick writing workshop because there are two aspects of this book that I think are extremely helpful for writers who are interested in exploring the cozy fantasy genre. The first aspect is the world building. I've mentioned the world building several times, but one of the most well-executed parts of the world building, and honestly, one of the most enjoyable parts of the reading experience, is the soft magic system that the authors created. Soft magic systems are hard to pull off. I mean, it's not everyone who can write The Lord of the Rings, but when soft magic systems are done well, they're honestly my favorite kind of magic system. With hard magic systems, magic often ends up feeling cut and dry, more of a means to an end than a force in and of itself, less like magic and more of an improbable science. Sometimes hard magic systems kind of, well, take the magic out of magic. But the soft magic system in this book is not only well-crafted and compelling, it also personifies magic, making it less of a super cool ability and much more of an entity with a personality and motivations of its own. Here's Mika talking about magic. The thing about magic, Mika explained, is that it really likes us. There's a little inside all witches, which is what makes us just a bit different from other people. But most of the magic we use exists as energy outside us. You can actually see it if you pay attention. It looks like gold dust and it's attracted to us because we can use it. It wants to be used, but it's also mischievous like a naughty puppy, she added. And if we forget to be very firm and bossy with it, it has a tendency to run wild. Speaking of Mika and magic, I really like that Mika's relationship with magic is well-defined. It's not just something that she can do. Instead of being a random, super cool ability, using magic is a creative process that she really enjoys. It had been an experiment, a tiny burst of inspiration that had sparked inside her head when she'd seen the sea holly. Such a spiky-looking flower shouldn't have conjured up a vision of 
peace and harmony and other fuzzy feelings. But Mika had had a hunch and she'd run with it. The already calming crushed Pearl and the bottomless well of enchantment in the moonlight had helped, of course. She sighed happily in moments like this. She really and truly loved being a witch. She loved losing herself for hours in the hum of magic, the sparkle of gold dust in the air, the soft warmth of witch fire, the ideas and the creativity and the fun. Why would anyone ever want to do anything else? It's a nice metaphor for any kind of creative ability, and like with all people randomly born with creative potential, not every witch has the same deep or meaningful relationship with magic as Mika does. Some people in this book love using magic, and others just kind of want to live a normal life. It's a really nice touch that I liked. The other aspect of the book I want to touch on in this writing workshop are the plot twists. This really isn't the kind of book where you expect plot twists, but not only do they exist, they're also surprisingly well done. There's adequate foreshadowing, the twists make sense, and they contribute to the overall emotional satisfaction you feel when you turn the final page. As an avid mystery thriller reader, mysteries were my top-read genre in 2023, I can't say that they're the most surprising or compelling twists I've ever read, but the plot twists do add excitement and depth to what is otherwise a fairly straightforward slice-of-life type of story. Even if your book isn't a mystery or a thriller, readers still enjoy being surprised by either the plot or the characters, and ideally by both. Obviously, the difficult part is making sure that your twists make sense, that they aren't too over the top or out of nowhere, because remember, this isn't actually a mystery or a thriller. That's why I really suggest picking apart not just how this book executes its plot twists, but also why those plot twists exist in the first place. When you're adding plot twists to a genre where plot twists aren't expected or necessarily welcomed, you definitely need to think through how those twists are going to enhance the emotional impact of the book. So for example, in this book, the plot twists are used to tie up several character arcs and also to drive home the core message of the book. So that wraps up our writing workshop. And finally, we need to decide whether or not this is a staying up until 2am book. While this book is well paced and has some unexpected twists and turns, especially towards the end, for me, this was not a staying up until 2am book. Personally, this was the kind of warm, cozy, fluffy read that I wanted to slow down and savor because it was so deliciously atmospheric that I feel like rushing through it really wouldn't deliver the full experience that this book is capable of providing. So no, this is not a staying up until 2am book, but I do mean that in the best way possible. And that's going to be everything for this episode. 
The very secret society of irregular witches didn't necessarily provide everything I was looking for romance-wise, but I'm still very glad I read it and very glad that I got to spend an entire episode talking about it. This has been the 2AM Book Review Club. Thanks so much for joining me, and I'll be back next week at 2AM. Until then, have a great week, and happy book travels. Thank <laughs> you.